There were two more murders 15 miles away. Arrived, they found the telephone we have a electricity line weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning. Cop of murder. All across America, you can find evidence of gangs and gang violence. And every state has their own gang, and those gangs have rivals. On October 14, 1997, a man who was born and raised in an L.A. gang called the Tunerville Reefa 13 committed his first homicide. His number would quickly rise to at least 12 over the course of four years. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Timothy McGee was born and raised in the Los Angeles neighborhood of Atwater Village. A big part of this neighborhood was a Mexican street gang that had been around since 1942 called the Tunerville Reefa 13. During the 1990s, Timothy became the gang's leader with nearly 200 members underneath him. He demanded loyalty and trained them in calisthenics, target practice, tactics to evade police, and how to eliminate rival gang members. He was no stranger to crime, violence, and even prison time. But on October 14, 1997, his crimes turned from violent to deadly when he shot Ronnie Martin, member of the rival gang, 28 times. He was not connected to the crime until years later. He was in and out of prison, often on parole violations, and every time he was incarcerated, police noticed a drastic drop in crime in the Atwater Village neighborhood. On October 17, 1999, a group of people were standing in front of the Echo Sounds music studio when two gunmen confronted them and began shooting. Bodyguard Dwayne Dupree was killed while protecting rapper Ricardo Corrupt Brown. Initially, the attack was connected to the lyrics that insulted other rappers, but eventually it was connected to McGee. In June of 2000, another rival gang member, 16-year-old Ryan Gonzalez, was killed on his walk home. It was believed, after the murder was connected to McGee, that he killed the teen simply because he shared the same nickname. This was what became a routine for Timothy McGee. Violent shooting with little to no instigation that couldn't be connected to him for years. On July 4, 2000, LAPD officers Thomas Baker and Carlos Garcia received a call around 3.30 a.m. about a robbery. They followed the gray Honda, which quickly turned into a high-speed chase. The officers, as they headed to the Tunerville territory, kept a vigilant eye out for roadblocks. The gang was known to block the streets with debris and open fire on police vehicles when they slowed. All the while, McGee used a police scanner to track the progress and coordinate an ambush. After running over a bicycle, the officers were shot at by two men. When the police caught up to the car in chase, a passenger pulled out an Uzi-style submachine gun and pointed it at the officers. The men barely got out alive. Three members were arrested, and when police questioned about the identity of the two men who shot at them, they stayed loyal and kept quiet, though police suspected it was McGee. This was how the gang that Timothy McGee ran operated. And it is suspected that, in the course of just four years, McGee killed at least 12 people, six of which were all committed in just six months. Which studies showed, even for a gang leader, this is an incredibly high number. He killed rival gang members, shot a pregnant woman, killed three because they reported his drug dealings to the police, 
and once ordered his members to kill a man simply because he did not recognize him. On November 8, 2001, McGee and an accomplice, Eduardo Rodriguez, were prowling the streets armed with handguns and assault rifles. A fellow member of the gang had been killed, and they were looking for revenge. They found rival Dwayne Navidad driving with his girlfriend, Marjorie Mendoza, and a 16-year-old friend, Erica Ree. When they pulled up in front of their home, the men opened fire without any warning or altercation. Marjorie was hit multiple times and died in the hospital. The following day, Rodriguez was arrested. McGee solicited the help of a friend, Christina Duran, to retrieve his girlfriend's cell phone that he dropped at the murder scene. She was unable to find the phone, but police were more successful. She was interviewed and implicated McGee in the murder. Two days later, Christina Duran was found murdered execution style on the night that she celebrated her 29th birthday. On November 27th, police issued a warrant for Timothy McGee. By fall of 2002, with McGee still on the run, a task force of as many as 60 members were on the hunt. There was enough evidence to charge him with the murder of Marjorie Mendoza, though police knew his victim count was much higher. In August, a public appeal was made and a $55,000 reward was offered, but no one came forward. He was placed on America's 15 Most Wanted, and his case was even covered on the television show America's Most Wanted. He was eventually located after a local in Bullhead City, Arizona, recognized his picture in a newspaper. They located the man they believed to be McGee on February 11, 2003, but surveilled him for 20 hours just to be sure. He was identified while in the car with a female driver, pulled over, and forced out of the vehicle. The woman had no idea who he really was or that he was even a wanted man. While in the Los Angeles County Men's Central Jail awaiting trial, it became clear that he took control over the inmates and even incited a riot that almost cost officers their lives. Finally, four and a half years after his capture, on September 27, 2007, Timothy McGee stood trial for three murders and six attempted murders. While on trial, his killings were compared to that of a serial killer, for sport, rather than a typical gang member, for revenge. Several witnesses who initially pointed the finger at McGee now began recanting. They were afraid of what would happen if they testified against him. Despite this, on October 25, 2007, Timothy McGee was found guilty of three murders as well as four attempted murders, and, 15 days later, that same jury deadlocked on his sentencing. On November 14, 2007, he was tried for the prison riot and sentenced to 75 years to life. On August 27, 2008, at the retrial hearing for his sentence, McGee was given the death sentence. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 15th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. 
You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day.